Loved, hosted by yours truly, Pastor Seth Lewis. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. that you are blessed today in the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior. I pray that you are feeling his joy over your life and that you are trusting in him with all of your heart today. Today we are starting our services back here at the church. Uh, today I am doing this podcast for those who are not ready to return to meeting physically. So, the title of the sermon that I have for you today is called The Wealth of Heaven. And I'm going to be starting in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Before I get started, I'm going to share with you a song. Uh, first, let me pray, and then we'll get into God's word today. Lord of hosts, we thank you so much for your provision, for your goodness. We know that we are in this world for you to show your love to other people. We believe, Lord, that we have a place prepared for us in heaven, that we are preparing treasures in heaven, God, that there are treasures in heaven stored up for us who believe in you, who trust in you, who live for you in this world. And so, God, it's my prayer that you would unite us together to do the work, to continue the work, to continue to invest by the Holy Spirit in heaven that we would invest in you, God, and in your work, day by day, moment by moment. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
have a place in heaven when we get there after all that we have been through in this life after all the work is done we will receive the reward promised to us by our Lord and Savior that is something that we can expect we can have great expectation that what God has promised us we will receive and that is treasure in heaven and so we get started today looking first at Matthew chapter 6, and I'm going to read from verse 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The title of my message today is The Wealth of Heaven. I believe that the greatest treasures on earth will not compare with even the smallest treasures in heaven. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 6, in the verses that I just read, he verifies that there is value in heaven far exceeding the earthly value esteemed by mankind. Man lays up for himself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroys and where thieves break in and steal. And Jesus is saying in verse 20, But lay up for yourselves, you who are children of God, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in or steal. And he says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This week, I thought very carefully about the wealth of this world and what makes it so important to man. And if I were being honest... I came to the conclusion that there is not much value in the things of this world that men value as it concerns wealth, success, power. I thought about gold and silver because gold and silver are representations of wealth. They have been for a very, very long time in Earth's history. 
man has esteemed gold and silver very highly. It has been a mark of wealth in mankind. And so I looked at gold and silver for a moment as a representation of wealth, not the only representations of wealth, but truly something that I believe that can be unpacked here today as something defining the uselessness of the world's wealth and the temporality of the world's wealth. I asked myself, what useful purpose does gold or silver have? How many people who buy gold or silver know how useful they are for other purposes than just adornment? That is just to be looked at. Beautiful adornments. Listen to this, a definition of gold or at least some facts about gold. Of all the minerals mined from the earth, and this has been known for centuries, way back into the ancient world. Of all the minerals mined from the earth, none is more useful than gold. Its usefulness is derived from a diversity of special properties. Gold conducts electricity, does not tarnish, is very easy to work, can be drawn into wire, can be hammered into thin sheets, alloys with many other metals that can be melted and cast into highly detailed shapes, has a wonderful color and a brilliant luster. Gold is a memorable metal that occupies a special place in the human mind. What's not mentioned there is that gold can also be used in medicine purposes. I won't go into that. Same with silver. Yet... The rich mostly buy gold and silver to display in ornate fashion or to give the appearance of wealth through having the most valuable things. You think about why do men purchase gold or silver? The common man and woman buy gold and silver to adorn themselves with it or to adorn their things with it, such as you see some of the wealthiest people in the world who lavish themselves in their homes with decorations of gold, even some having solid gold toilets to sit on when doing their business. So useless to have a solid gold toilet when porcelain will do just fine. But it is an ornament showing wealth. It's an, a mere association with things outside oneself that make that person appear rich. So, so we have gold jewelry that we wear on our hands and on our necks to associate ourselves with wealth or with having something of value. It doesn't come from us. It doesn't come from within us. It is put on us from outside of ourselves to make us appear wealthy in this world. And so the things that are outside of ourselves that men esteem or associate themselves with that make them appear wealthy are useless unless they know how to use them in the right way. God sees things differently. James chapter 5 verse 1 through 3 Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. 
Your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. Most people use wealth to consume and fulfill desires that have no other useful purpose than adornment of their egos. This outward expression, being adorned with things around them or on them, the clothes that they wear, the jewelry that they wear, the gold toilets that they possess, gold cell phones, the beautiful cars that they have, the wonderful homes that they have, These are all adornments of their egos. The riches of this world are not lasting or of value to those who do not know how to use them wisely. And this is the distinction that God makes. There is nothing wrong with possessions on earth. God gives us wealth. God gives us money. God gives us good things to enjoy. But if we are not using those gifts properly in this world, then they are useless. They are empty. They are not investing in anything. The riches of this world are not lasting or of value to those who do not know how to use them wisely. I have here like an electrical engineer sees the potential of gold and silver as things with a far more functional application in making useful things work For mankind. An engineer, an electrical engineer, would look at gold and silver as they have and see a far more functional application in making them useful things for mankind, like wiring, electronics, medication, rather than the non functional applications like gold toilets, gold cell phones, and jewelry. A skilled engineer, someone who is knowledgeable and wise, would look at these precious metals that men and women adorn themselves with just to look wealthy. They would take these precious metals and make them useful. They would make these precious metals work for the good of humanity in wiring, in electronics, in medicine rather than these non-functional applications that men use gold and silver for and all the other things of this world for to gratify themselves. There is no usefulness for others. When someone applies wealth to themselves, there is no usefulness to other people unless they are using that wealth to bless other people and to continue the work of God here on earth. There are some that take this to the extreme, those health and wealth gospel type preachers who I believe will be judged in the end harshly by God because they were not true men and women of the faith. They were gathering up for themselves wealth in this world and that they were consuming them upon their own lusts and desires at the expense of those who had little. They will be judged. But for those of us who are in this world and who are true believers in Jesus Christ, when we have something valuable that God has given us, such as gold, silver, money, 
successful businesses, successful jobs, nice things, if we are not using those things for God's glory, then they are useless. They are empty. If we are only using those things for ourselves, then there is no profit in it. There is no investment that will bring returns to us. We must continue to point people in the direction of heaven and in the wisdom of using our time and resources here on earth as a means of leading us closer to the priceless treasures God has told us to seek first. Listen. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid and for joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. In the very same chapter 13, verses 45, verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who when he had found one pearl of great price went and sold all that he had and bought it. Think about it in terms of having a piece of property. And this happened in the, 20, in the 19th century, early 20th century. Think about it in terms, this metaphorically, in terms of having a piece of property in the early 1900s when vehicles were just being produced and not accessible to everyone. A large percentage of the people in the world in that day did not know the value or practical application of crude oil found in the ground and process of extracting gasoline from it. There's a twilight zone. If you've ever seen the show Twilight Zone, there's a twilight zone where there's a man who finds that he is able to go back into time anytime he wants to but he cannot go back in time and use that power and come back to the present time. I think if I remember correctly, it's the devil who gives him this opportunity. He gets the wish to go back into time and he's granted that wish to go back into time. And so he concocts the idea because I'm, I think that he works in an oil company. He concocts the idea that he is going to go back all the way to the time when the vehicles and all the usefulness of oil is, is being found and he is going to discover oil and refine it and become wealthy. And so he gets transported into the past. He finds himself in this time where no one has found all the oil deposits and he's stopped cold by the fact that none of the machinery used to extract the oil from the ground has been invented yet, that there's nothing that he can do to extract the oil from the ground. He can't even locate it. And so he's left there in this time with only knowledge that is useless to him. But just think about it for a moment if you knew and had all the resources in that time to extract oil from the ground and you knew exactly where those deposits were located you would sell everything you had in order to buy that piece of ground with oil on it. Those people in that day who did understand and had the foresight to know the future value of oil relentlessly bought and sold land with oil deposits. 
i.e. J.D. Rockefeller of Standard Oil, who became one of the richest, if not the richest man who has ever lived. Because he had foresight, as shrewd as he was, he had foresight of the value of investing in oil. And he spent a lot of money, invested a lot of time and energy in order to gain all the money that he earned. And he was of the world. The kingdom of God is an investment we are making in the present, not seeing the full return yet. We are still working in the fields that are white and ready to harvest. Let us continue to set our hearts on the work, being fully assured that it is not in vain. Listen to Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Jesus is not calling on us to sell all we have as he did with the rich young ruler in Matthew chapter 19, verse 16 through 26. He is saying to be wise and to seek the kingdom of God first in your hearts, as he did in Matthew chapter 6. At the end, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, has commanded us to seek the kingdom of God. Keep what you have stored away, only keep the doors open to your storehouses for those who are in need for them to draw from. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 21, he says, Jesus said to them, If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Again, he is not calling all of us to sell all we have and give to the poor. But what he is saying here is that our hearts must be wholly given to him and our resources available to him and available to all the work that he has here on earth to do. And that work includes the poor. That work includes the building of his church. Our perfection in God's eyes is seeing us in the unselfish desire to give his love away from the endless treasures of his abundant mercy and grace from which we draw daily. God is not a liar. Jesus did not speak words just to be heard. He spoke words that he will be backing with action one day. This he says in chapter 14 of John, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go you know, and the way you know. That's John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. He's saying here that you know where I am going. I am going to prepare a place for you in heaven in my Father's kingdom. Stay here and do the work. 
Stay here and wait patiently for me. Stay here and believe in the word that I have spoken to you, that there will be a return on the investment that you make in my kingdom, that when you get to my kingdom, you will be rich beyond anything that you could have imagined here on earth. The greatest treasures in heaven await us. And the greatest treasures on this earth will not compare even to the smallest amount of those treasures that we will receive in heaven. And so be reminded of that when you worry about your finances, when you worry about the things of this world and your place in it. God has put you here for the work. And the investment that you make in that work is going to bring you great wealth one day in the kingdom of God. And in the name of Jesus Christ, let us lock arms together in that same work so that we are rejoicing with each other in the kingdom of God, crying out, always glory to God in the highest, praises be to Him.